Hey everybody, welcome to the Beam Podcast with Coast James with Jake. Episode 208. It's Wednesday. Almost Christmas. True. Jake, how's it going? It's going great. It's Wednesday. Hump day, as they say. Tomorrow is week 16 of the NFL season. A lot of talk about. A lot of games this weekend, too. A lot of picks coming up in that segment later. Um, but yeah, you know, it's going great. It's almost Christmas time, so you can't complain. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. Uh, but first, before we start podcasting sports and stuff like that, do you drink Dubby Energy? I do. Dub Sludge, best flavor that they have out on the market. Really good. No chalkiness. Good for these episodes. Good for late night. You know, Apex, maybe some COD if you're playing that. Uh, depends on what you're playing, but if you need something to drink, there's W Energy for you. Can't go wrong. Use code BAPOD for 10% off your next order. Absolutely. All caps, BAPOD, 10% off your next order. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about the best team in the Bay Area, and that is the San Jose Sharks. Jake? Yep. Sharks are 9-20-3 on the season. We are back. Uh, they lost, I think, four straight games, three or four straight games. Uh, haven't been particularly close, so that's good for us because we want to lose games. They have a nice little stretch there. We went six three and three, or six three and one, I think it was. Uh, but you know, we want to lose games, so they're picking it up and playing pretty well um, in that regard. So that's their Sharks second. Uh, moving on now to MLB. Giants made a move a couple nights ago. They signed yeah. catcher Tom Murphy to a two-year deal with an option for a third year. Uh, he's a good backup catcher, has excellent power, and this likely ends the Joey Bart era in San Francisco. Uh, so not a good stretch of time for the Bay Area's top three draft picks um, since 2018. Joey Bart was number two overall. He's going to be gone. Trey Lance, number three, got traded to the Cowboys. James Wiseman got traded to the Pistons. So not all in all awful. Um but yes, he's a good backup catcher who will work with um, Patrick Bailey, and I like the move. And he's, you know, he's for a lot of power, and that's what the Giants need. Absolutely, I remember we were talking about Joey Bart a while ago. I was talking to Irwin actually yesterday after the basketball game. He was like, "Where's Joey Bart?" And I was like, "Well, you can ask Jake where he's at. He's not doing so great." Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, Tom Murphy getting signed to the Giants. Joey Bart era over. It's there. Joe over. And it's what? It's Joe over. Jesus. Um, but what else are the Giants looking to do? Anything position-wise they're trying to uh, add to this team? Yeah, so they are looking for a, someone who can play shortstop because they have – they want Marco Luciano to start the year as a starting shortstop. But behind them they have some young guys who may not be – Either that's not their primary position, or they're like a little young, so they want some veteran there as well. And Casey Schmidt, who's more of a third baseman, but can play second and short. Um, and Tyler Fitzgerald, who's going to be more of a center fielder. Um, so they're looking to trade for someone who can play shortstop, maybe some second, some third, maybe the utility guy. And two guys that can't come up in, like what the guy, type of player they're looking for is Willie Adamas from the Brewers, who hit 20 home runs last year. Big power, strikes out a ton, not a high average, but good defensively. Could hit 25 to 30 home runs a season. That's good right there. Then Ha Sung Kim from the Padres, who's more of a second baseman, uh, but can play short 
third and second. Um, with, Golden Glove winner. With Tyro Estrada, who is his, Tyro Estrada is, if you look at, you know, runs saved at that position, he's number one by a long margin. Um, Hassan Kim is a Gold Glove winner, as you said. Uh, I'm not sure what position he won it at. I have no idea. But he won one. Um, and Tyro Estrada was, I believe, a finalist for the award. Uh, so, and Tyro Estrada is basically the Giants. He was their leadoff hitter last year. He'll probably be like their two hitter. Um, well, uh, Jung-Ho Lee is probably going to be the leadoff guy playing center field. Uh, but you can bat Estrada from like two. You can bat him fifth. You can bat him sixth. Good player. Um, but in this scenario, they're looking for someone who can play shortstop just in case a Marco Luciano needs more time in the minors, which he most likely will. No shame in that. Um, but the guy I really like would be Hassan Kim. I like Willie Adamas, but I like Kim a lot more. Uh, Kim's 28, and he's a free agent after this season. So hopefully, I pr- I'm pretty sure by this time next year he's going to be a giant one way or another because uh, they need they have a need for him if they don't sign like Matt Chapman stuff like that. And Marco Luciano doesn't play well, um, but they could trade for him now and have him play all over the all over the field, give people some time off. Uh, but Hassan Kim is the guy I most likely want. The guy I likely want is the most likely guy that can play that way. 38 stolen bases, great defender. Uh, not the highest average, but you know he gets the job done. So that's all you should ask for. And yeah, that's the player they're looking to trade for. And then finally for the Giants right now, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is likely to pick a team this week. Uh, the Giants are still in the mix. They're looked at to be as one of the four favorites with the two New York teams, Dodgers and Giants. Um, for the Giants to get him, they would most likely have to offer the most money to get him. And that's something they they're, looks like they're going to be doing. Um, I'd say like a 12-year, $350 million deal is probably the high mark of what he might be looking at to get. Um, but we should see it there. And if you add him to Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison, your one, two, three is going to be incredible for the next six seasons. And they're all young. Uh, Logan Webb is 26, Yamamoto is 25, and Kyle Harrison is 21 years old. So that could be your little Matt Kane, Tim Lincecum, Madison Bumgarner 2.0. If not him, Blake Snell? Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, there's another guy from Japan named Shota Imanagana, um, who's a lefty. Um, but yeah, I think they're gonna if they don't get Yamamoto, they're gonna for sure sign Snell, then probably sign a second tier guy. So Snell and Yamanga, I, I forget how you say his name, but he's 30. Snell's like 31 or something like that. But he still have a good pitching staff. What are your thoughts? I was talking to one of my uh, good friends, Joel Jaffe, in. Signing guys after the Cy Young Award, uh, winning that. Obviously, uh, Blake Snell has two now. Um, are you okay with the Giants signing a guy like Blake Snell, winning two Cy Youngs, one last year, to a big contract? Um, yes. Like, is there like a like like a stat saying that? Cy Young winners that head in the free agency sign a big contract, they're more likely to fail than succeed. Is that like the question, or that's what Joel is uh, is thinking? Um, he's more so on 
I mean, you come from a, you're, you're coming up a season winning Cy Young, so you're expecting that that the next season to be either identical in a way, or be at that Cy Young level. But if it doesn't produce, you're you're paying this pitcher that much money to not really produce what you think he was going to do the following season. So are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Like a yeah, about that specifically. Well, here's my thing. Is the team you go into already have a number one pitcher? Because in that case, I think it kind of not minimizes the risk because there's always risk with free agency and pitchers. But if he goes to a team like like the Giants, for example, the number one pitcher for the Giants, no matter what, no matter what Blake Snell does at any point in his career as, as a Giant or in the future as a, on a different team, it's going to be Logan Webb. Logan Webb's your number one. Kyle Harrison has the potential to be one of the top left-handed pitchers in the major leagues. Um, you see, you saw all the potential he had last season. His first start at SF had ten, had like eleven strikeouts in six and two-thirds innings. Was dominant his last game against the Do- uh, Dodgers. And he went five uh, no-hit innings. Um, but if you're expecting to sign Blake Snell, and you're like, hey, Blake Snell, you come here, you're our number one starter by far, no matter what. That's when I get worried. But in the Giants' case, they already have a number one who finished second in Cy Young voting, and Logan Webb, who's younger. So that that I'm kind of like okay with that. Like kind of how like the uh, when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole, like they already had Masahiro Tanaka, who's like their number one starter. But they added him. Then like they signed him through the biggest contract in history. I'm not sure if he won the Cy Young. I know he went like 21 and two. I think he might have won the Cy Young when yeah. he went to the Yankees. Like, if you already have a number one there, that kind of eases like the uh, eases the pressure on the player, I believe. Because you're not you're not you're not asking him to be number one. You're asking, hey, we know we're paying you a lot of money. That's because of free agency. That's you, you deserve it. But you're getting paid this money because you hit free agency, and you always overpay in free agency. Don't ha- you don't have to worry about being the best starter we have because we already have one, and we have a second guy who. In like a year's time, could be one of the could be an all star, so that's where I stand. Nice, I like that answer. So, anything else to add, uh, baseball wise, Giants, anything, Jake? Um, no, uh, not no, I don't. Nothing else. All right, perfect. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about some Warriors basketball here. Uh, they're currently sitting at thirteen and fourteen. Uh, they are four and four in the month of November right now. Uh, they're coming up three straight wins since uh, the Draymond suspension, uh, which is indefinitely, and also the benching of Andrew Wiggins. Uh, in the standings, uh, they're currently 11th right now. Uh, about a game and a half or a game shy of the play-in, but again, it's early in the season. Uh, basketball's really in the back of my mind right now. We've had conversations about... Right, it's tough for when the Warriors... St- we talked about it last podcast about you know, you know Steph and you guys just not play up to their potential and Clay Thompson and but with Wiggins being benched, younger guys like Jonathan Kaminga have uh, you know stepped in that role and became those role players that we need and starters. Three straight wins, big overtime win against the Celtics yesterday. Uh, Winning uh, 132 to 126, Steph Curry hitting a big shot in overtime, and I think ended up with 30 points last night. Uh, 33 
three and six and 11 of 21 shooting six for 11 from three uh really did his thing uh, last night four turnovers but again 17 from kaminga the rookie uh played 16 minutes i forget his i forget how to say his last name you know how to say it better than me bajemski oh bajemski uh with five five and one uh, again, Kaminga uh, was 17, 8 for 13 from shooting, 1 for 4 from 3. And then Chris Paul coming up the bench for 35 minutes. Another guy, Moses Moody, off the bench, 17 uh, minutes, 10 points. Uh, no rebounds, no assists. But again, getting those young guys minutes that they'll need, uh, you know, to produce. How do you fare with three straight wins for the Warriors? How do you fare? Than the rest of the month of December. Did you want me to say what the schedule is looking at? Next uh, five games? Yep. So they got the Wizards home, Trailblazers home, Nuggets away on Christmas Day, then back home against the Heat, and they end the month of December against the Mavericks on the 30th. Hmm. So Mavericks 30th, Nuggets on Christmas, and what was the other team? Uh, so it goes on the 22nd, this Friday, the Wizards. Okay, when? 23rd, so they play a back-to-back against the Trailblazers. Okay, 2-0. They played recently. Um, and then Nuggets uh, two days later two in Denver. Yep. The Heat, three days later, December 28th, back at home. And then the Mavericks, December 30th, two days later, also at home. I'd say three and two. I, I think it's the best case scenario. Right? I think you beat yeah. someone, not necessarily bad teams. I mean, I quote, I mean, the Wizards should be a win. The Trailblazers should be a win. We'll be recently beat away. And then you have a, a toss-up with the Heat. It could either go two and three or three and two. If we don't give the Warriors a chance against the Nuggets on Christmas Day and the Mavericks on December 30th, I think that's how you see it. Yeah, three and two. I would say four and one, but eh, I don't. They'll they'll drop a game they should win because that's what they do. Yeah, that's what they do. Absolutely. I mean, the last time they put the Nuggets was pretty close. Uh, also, in a away game, they uh, they only lost by three, 108 to 105. Um, so, I mean, I don't really have much to say, um, for the Warriors. I mean, they're 13, 14, 11th seed. There's just other things on my mind, uh, rather than the Warriors basketball. And I think you would agree as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, yesterday was the best game of the season, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, against. What are your thoughts on Jalen Brown taunting Steph Curry? Oh, did you see that? Uh, I did not see that. They do the too small. Yeah, so he did the little, uh, he did the too small celebration on Steph, uh, and then Steph hit that three and OT, did the same celebration, and then you know, came out with the dub. So, uh, it's been a big victory for the Warriors, in my opinion, especially with a team that we played in the finals and got uh, Steph that fourth ring, and others. So, yeah, but I would just that's what I gotta say. Yeah, I would just post a photo of the ring and at Jalen Brown if I was Curry. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about some football. Uh, recap the 49ers versus Cardinals game real quick. Uh, the 49ers smoked the Cardinals uh, 45 to 29. We were watching the game. I live streamed it for that. You had a comment when we were first watching the game. I had the Raider vibes from last year with a lot of back and forth. It did not end up that way in a better game, but huge win. Thoughts? Yep, big win. Defense was eh, pretty shitty, um, but you know, you're not going to have your best game every day, and you also were missing two of your best defensive tackles. Uh, but yes, uh, it did help that Trevius Ward scored a touchdown as interception, his first of the season, um, the first touchdown scored by the defense this season. Uh, so he played pretty well. Offense is good. Um, but yeah, I did get Raider vibes, and it kind of turned out that way. Not maybe not as you know close and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, seventy-four points scored combined in the game. It was kind of like a Big Twelve game in a way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, with some stuff, I mean, MC makes his case for being MVP. There's a lot of talks between either him or Brock Purdy, but, you know, how the NFL rolls, they'd rather give it to a guy who passes the ball who doesn't, rather than someone who runs it. And let's hear Lamar Jackson. Uh, he had 18 rushes for 115 yards, one touchdown, five catches for 72 yards, and two touchdowns, three total TDs for McCaffrey in this game. Uh, Brock Purdy went 16 for 25, 242 yards, four total touchdowns. Average 15 yards of throw this game as well. Um, also had a great throw to Debo on a diving back shoulder pass uh, in front of the pylon for a, for a touchdown. Uh, that was a great throw, great catch. What a play by him. Four catches, 48 yards, and two tees for Debo. And um, we've been saying it, preaching it all year long, and Brock Purdy just being efficient. And season stats uh, for Brock Purdy. 69.8 of completion percentage. Nice. Nice. 3,795 yards passing, 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Hmm. He's projected 4,608 yards. That's pretty good. It's franchise record. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Averaging 9.9 .9 yards a throw the whole entire year. I think it's the highest in the league uh, in doing so. The Niners are now 11-3. And, and before we get into the next game, uh, defensively, uh, Fred Warner. I mean, I just put this out here just because we can use something to talk about for us aside from the game. Um, defensive player of the year, Fred Warner, question mark. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Um, I think he'll get votes, but I think it's kind of it's going to be hard for him to beat, you know, Cleo Mack, Miles Garrett, one of the defensive ends that get a lot of sacks. But I think he has a chance, but I just don't know if he's going to win it. Yeah, I definitely think it's definitely a long shot for the guy. Uh, I mean, he's got 80 solo tackles, uh, 34 assisted, both ranked 12th in each category. But he has four INTs as an inside linebacker and four forced fumbles, uh, both ranked first in the league overall or tied for first in the league overall um so fred i mean again making his case to be an all pro i remember about three years ago we were trying to make that train he made his uh first pro bowl that year and the following year he came into fruition and became the all pro guy and has been an all pro um 
for the past three seasons. So he's really doing his thing. Um, Bosa finally reaches uh, the double-digit sack mark uh, this game. He has 10 uh, for the season, and we also saw Yvonne Kinlaw also get a sack this game. Uh, just good to see, especially with, like you said earlier, two of our top defensive tackles uh, not playing this game. So... But sorry, uh, I was reading the text. But um, mm. I mean, they did indeed give up 29 points to this uh, Cardinals offense. Uh, they give up a lot of rushing yards. Uh, the team does lead the league and against the run defensively. I think we're like in the middle of the pack uh, passing. So it was not uh, the best to see James Conner. Uh, not only him, but other guys. I think at one point they had 96 yards rushing in the first time and we've only given up less than that uh, per game the whole entire year um but it's gonna happen uh for the most part um but it's gonna have to settle against heavy ravens team who they have up uh on christmas day so niners like i said are currently 11 and 3 they're currently on a on a six game win streak uh while the ravens are let me see excuse me what are the ravens i think they're like 10 and something they're 11 and 3. they're also 11 and 3 jesus uh, 11 and 3 as well uh on a four game win streak both at the top of the divisions uh ravens really pose a threat right i mean the last couple games uh 49ers obviously really Steam rolling teams uh, for the most part. If we go back to the bye week against the Jags, 34 and 3, Bucks 27 14, Seahawks 31 and 13, Eagles 42 and 19, Seahawks 28 and 16, and the Cardinals 45 and 29. I don't think that will be the case against the Ravens. Do you agree or disagree? I hope not. The Ravens are good. Give me a Jackson. little more. Huh? Give me a little more. Give me a little more. I mean, what? So you asked running wise, right? I'm asking us get scoring points oh. specifically. So us offensively against against the Ravens defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where the Ravens rank defensively. Um, but I did see a couple, like two weeks ago, they gave up like 30, what was it, 31 points to the Rams. Now they didn't have, I don't think, I'm not sure if they had Kyle, what's his name, Kyle Hamilton for the whole entire game, or if he got injured and didn't play at all. Um, they just missed that week. But they scored a lot of points. I think he may have got hurt during the game. That's why the offense is able to move the ball a lot. Uh, he's really good. Um, but I think they should be able to score against this offense. Uh, the Jaguars had a bunch of chances last Monday uh, or last Sunday night where they were in the red zone like four times and they came up with zero points, which is like one of the first times in right. like like in their franchise history that's happened to them. So I think there's, they're able to move the ball. The thing is that are the Niners going to be able to get off the field and not let Lamar Jackson and then run around for a while and get first downs that way? Uh, because if you get three and outs – then you control the time of possession. But if you allow them to control the time of possession, then you're going to have to, you know, hopefully force some turnovers, get some three and outs. 
But they gave up 236 yards rushing last week against the uh, Cardinals, the Niners did. Um, which I know you asked about offense, but if the Niners want to score points on offense, they have to stop the running game uh, of the Ravens. Uh, so hopefully that's what happens. Uh, but I think the Niners, the Niners are going to score points if everyone's healthy. Uh, we we know we that's only happened once where they haven't really. Uh, that was against the Browns where they lost Debo and didn't have Trent Williams. Uh, but I think the Niners should be able to score points against this team. It's just about how are they able to get off. Pause. How are they able to you know force the Ravens to punt instead of wasting time with the run game? Right, and yeah, the Brown. I mean, the the Ravens were on a win streak. They went thirty-four. They beat the Bengals thirty-four to twenty. They beat the Chargers twenty to ten. Uh, their bye week. Then they played the Rams, like you mentioned, thirty-seven to thirty-one. They won in overtime that game. And against the Jags, who couldn't score in the red zone, they beat them twenty-three to seven uh, this past Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, the offense should be able to. Against this Ravens defense, I believe they have. Ro- I mean, defensively, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, um, Jadavion Clowney, I think is on the Ravens as well. Yeah. Um, but offensively, uh, they do lose a guy. Uh, another ACL injury, King Mitchell. They lost J.K. Dobbs this season already. So in the backfield, they'll have Justice Hill, uh, Gus Edwards. But again, um, Lamar Jackson is their leading rusher for this offense. So he has for the season. Our ESPN app sucks. Nope, no, no deal. He has uh, 3,100 yards passing, uh, 741 yards uh, rushing. Leads the team, like I mentioned. Zay Flowers is a leading receiver at uh, 608 yards. Uh, Roquan Smith, 142 tackles. And then. Stone, their safety has six interceptions. So, hmm. obviously, it'll be without Mark Andrews. Uh, he's been hurt uh, for the Ravens, but they have guys like who, uh, who's come to fruition. The guy who's a possession receiver in Rashad Bateman offensively. Isaiah Likely's having himself a couple of good weeks. Uh, a guy that Fred Warner, um, Jared Greenlow will have to cover uh, defensively. Uh, they just signed Melvin Gordon, uh, I think, back on the practice squad or the active roster. Probably to the active roster because they're without two running backs there. But, you know, not only do they have uh, Roquan Smith, they have Patrick Queen, um, Van Klein, like I mentioned, Michael Pierce, Kyle Van Noy as well. So, I mean, this defense, you know, I believe the Ravens, and I think a lot of people will agree, are the best team in the AFC. It's it's not the Bills. It's not the Chiefs. Uh, They're probably the most complete team offensively, defensively, and special team-wise in the AFC. So it's going to be uh, a pretty tough test for the Niners uh, on Monday. But we'll talk about our picks uh, later. You already mentioned, uh, what you can call it, keys to the game, one being time of possession. You got to keep Lamar off the field, right? You can't go three and out on offense against this Raven defense. You got to be able to move the ball. If it's through the air, which we know we can do, or rushing-wise with CMC on the ground, uh, proven that we can do that uh, against teams, so we'll be able to do that against the Ravens and score more points. Yeah, you know, if you score more points, yeah, 
score more points than the other team. Um, the Niners are the Niners are 11 and 0, and they score more points than the other team. 0 and 3, and they do not. Uh, so yeah, they score more points. They should be able to win this game. Uh, win time of possession. You know, don't fuck up on special teams, Ronnie Bill. I have a question. What were the Niners think? More of a statement, actually. What were the Niners thinking of giving a late round receiver who can return punts the number ten? Oh my god! You know what? Now that you think of it, oh my god, that's a uh, bad flashbacks. Oh, I don't even want to talk. Yeah, oh, it's um, hug myself it's, really yeah, hard yeah. flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the. Uh, not talk about that, but um, should be fun. I mean, they're gonna have a great Christmas day. Or not have a great Christmas day. I mean, it better be a good Christmas day. It better be a good Christmas day. Um, anything else to add to the game, Jake? Um, no. All right, perfect. Well, let's uh, recap Week 15 uh, pickums. Uh, obviously, we picked the Niners against the the Cardinals. We both get that game Thursday night. Uh, we just took the Raiders over the Chargers uh, in an absolute blowout game. Uh, feels bad, Mateo. Um, Sunday night, uh, Jags versus Ravens. I took the Ravens. Jake took the Jags this game. And then Monday night, Eagles versus Seahawks in a pretty good game. Did you watch this game on Monday night, Jake? I did. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I did watch it. Um, what a win. What a game that was. Pretty good game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Seahawks win 20-17 uh, to 17 pretty much on a walk-off touchdown uh, to Drew Locke. Uh, from Drew Locke to JSN. What a catch uh, on over James Bradbury, who's, who Debo has mentioned many, many times is, quote, trash. Block um, of the week, uh, I took Dolphins over the Jets. I took Chiefs over Pats. Uh, outside of the week, I took the Bucks over the Packers. And then Bills over Dallas in an absolute smashing of the Cowboys. Um, I could have gone perfect this week. But that's okay. The Eagles lose, uh, which is great for the Niners. We can thank the Seahawks uh, for that. Uh, I went five and one this week, while Jake went four and two. So pretty close, pretty good picks by us uh, this past week in Week 15. But let's move on to Week 16, Jake. Yep, it's uh oh my God, uh, Week 16 of the NFL season. Also time for Week 16 NFL pick'em. A lot of games to go against. A lot of game. A lot of games to pick tonight. Uh, first game, Niners vs. Ravens. Uh, we're both taking the Ravens here. I mean, fuck. We're both taking the Niners here. What am I talking about? Uh, Niners win. Niners should win this game. Um, if the Niners win two of their next three, they're the one seed. How about that? Uh, so that's pretty good. Thursday Night Football, we have Saints vs. Rams. I have the Rams winning this game because it's at Los Angeles and the Saints suck. Uh, but James, who do you have? the Saints. I know there was some doubt if Chris Olave, who missed last game, is going to play this game on Thursday. Uh, he should be suiting up. Um, I'm taking the Saints. You're taking the Saints there. So we move on out of the Sunday Night Football. Pats versus Broncos. Uh, we both have Denver winning this game. Moving on. Christmas Day games, we have three. Uh, well, we already picked one. Ravens versus Niners is the Monday night game uh, for that. Uh, but on Christmas Day, we have the Raiders versus Kansas City. And the Giants versus the Eagles. Um, we're both taking Kansas City and the Eagles winning, the, winning these two games there. Uh, so we move on to, from there. Next game, game of the week. 
uh, Commanders versus the Jets. Uh, it's called the Something's Got to Give Bowl. Worst offense in the NFL versus the worst defense in the NFL in this game. I have the Commanders winning this game because I like Sam Howell more than I'm not sure the hell the Jets are going to start. Um, but yeah, taking Commanders. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Jets. Um, totally forgot that Zach Wilson was in concussion protocol, so I don't know who will be starting for the Jets. It's definitely not Aaron Rodgers, even though he's been activated to the active roster. True. Um, talks about that. I don't think he'll play this season. Don't know why he would. No. But yeah, I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, the only chance he would play was like for the playoffs, but they're not going to make it. Uh, so moving on now, lock Absolutely. of the week. Uh, I have the Bills over the Chargers for my lock of the week. Uh, James, who do you have? I'm thinking Seahawks over Titans. Uh, Seahawks coming off a big win. I think they could get that done against the Tennessee Titans as well. Nice. Now moving on to our upset of the week. Uh, James, uh, what is your upset of the week? I'm taking Jags over Bucks. Uh, I know the Jags have a better record, but point spread-wise, the Bucks. Or seven and seven, who are pretty pretty hot right now. The um, Baker Mayfield playing really well. Jeez, I had a brain fart there. Uh, I'm taking Jags over Bucks this game. I think it should be a pretty good game. Battle for Florida um, between the two. So yeah, Jags uh, this game for them. Yep, for my upset of the week, I'm taking the Cardinals over the Bears. Um, I just think the Cardinals. The Cardinals are better than the the Cardinals are better than what we thought they would be. They're actually kind of like fun to watch a little bit. Um, so I'm taking the bill. I'm taking the Cardinals over the Bears for an upset of the week. And that is your week is. 16 NFL pick'em. We have two remaining from the week 17, week 18 for the regular season. Record wise, James is 54 and 44. I am 61 and 37. Have a seven game lead. We may be eight, we we have a couple of games that we're going against each other. Uh, two games we have two different teams that pick the different teams so it could either be you know James gains two games I gain two games we gain one we gain one um, but James would need if James goes if you go like let's say you go three and five and I go six and two then it's base it's kind of over for the record uh, for predictions for this season um, so you you most likely want to go at least five and three, and if I just go two and if I go three and five, then you know we're basically a five-game lead or something like that of two weeks remaining. That's the best-case scenario, I believe. Absolutely, it's coming down to the wire. Fun, um, love pick them every single year. We do it. Can't wait coming down to the wire, and then we'll have our playoff specials. That. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about our... I, I love these segments. Jay came up with these ones, and I think they're great. I love doing them every single week. Um, and our first one is, get this man a seltzer. Uh, hey, why don't you go first? I know you were, alluding this, you were alluding to this earlier. Why don't you yeah. take it from here? My get this man a seltzer. Every week we take a performance from the week and say we'll get this man a seltzer. Ever see him in real life. My seltzer for this week goes to Kenneth Walker. I needed him to score 19 points to advance to the finals in my fantasy league, he scored 20.2. And we move on to play Team Bugby, one of my friends, Thomas, uh, for the fa- fantasy championship. Um, we are we are at least assured $75 no matter what. Whoever wins gets 150 The loser gets 75 Third place gets 25 And fourth place gets absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, so that is our fantasy league um, breakdown for money. 
Nice. Um, I have CMC uh, as my goodest man in Seltzer. Anytime I will see Christian McCaffrey, I wish I will, uh, I'll get him to Seltzer. Uh, he scored 39.2 fancy points this week. Like I said before, 115 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving, three total TDs. Get this with Ben Seltzer. Congratulations. Next, get ready to learn Canadian, buddy. I choose you, Austin Eckler, 5.6 points in the first week of playoffs. Um, he's been absolute dog shit, fantasy-wise. feel sorry for anyone who drafted him in the first round with your first pick. Um, feel sorry for myself. Mm. Um, uh, great week one, was hurt, came back, didn't do anything. Um, not the same player since being hurt. Do not pay this guy. Not worth it. Nope. Uh, yeah, for mine, for mine, it's the Dallas defense. They had negative one points. Still the number one ranked defense in fantasy this season. But they have a tough matchup against the Dolphins, and I'm considering playing a different defense against the Dolphins. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that shit. Um, but yeah, Dallas defense, a tough time to have your worst performance of the week when I needed you the most. But thanks to Kenneth Walker, who gets a seltzer, uh, he scored 20.2, and I don't have to worry about it. Congratulations. Well, there you go. Those are our two segments. We have a third segment this week and a pretty hot topic. Yep. Jake, why don't you take it away? Yeah, yeah it's called Tweet of the Week. And this goes to Rashard Mendenhall, who on Twitter said, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. Well, Richard, uh, you're in the right place because guess what? Um, this is first, you know, like inspired by Will Compton, who was a former NFL linebacker. He came up with his all-white team uh, to go against an all-black team, which would go to um, Delaney Walker, who did his team, former Niner legend. Played Compton and Walker Absolutely. played with each other on the pause on the Tennessee Titans, uh, so that's pretty good there. Uh, Richard Mendenhall, though, um, played five years in the NFL, averaged 3.9 yards per carry, um, and fumbled twice in the Super Bowl that lost the team the game. So he's, he, of course, he's better than Christian McCaffrey and all that stuff. But, you know, we'll go from there. Um, but, yeah, we do have our own team, though. I picked the all-white team because I'm white. James picked, you know... You, you know, we want to do a little bit different because this group of NFL players were looked up, looked passed upon. Nobody was really sure what team they belonged to. So you know what? We decided yeah, they can make the third team, and it's called the All Polynesian Team, which James will pick. It's the All uh, Asian slash Polynesian Football Team. Yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting. To interesting to see the teams. I know for the white squad. Um, we're, we have some issues, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, but, James, if you want to go first to do uh, your team, I, I, you can I go. Think, I think I have more issues than, than you, for sure. Yeah, um, probably. One, obviously, uh, being Filipino, there's not a lot of representation in the NFL uh, mm. for Filipino people. But um, there are some young guys who, uh, who are playing some great ball in the NFL right now. But I'll get it started. I'll do offense first. Do you want to do offense, offense, defense, defense, or do you want to go through the whole entire team? We'll do offense, offense. 
Okay, perfect. So I'll start. Um, Kyler Murray will be my quarterback. Ah. Yeah, uh, he's a uh, half black, half Korean. Um, I think he'll do great as our quarterback. I do have a backup in Tua Tagovailoa. And then hmm, shocking he's not the starter. Uh, I like I like a quarterback that can run. I will say, uh. but third string, Marcus Mariota. Ah, uh, there we go. Heisman winner. Heisman winner. Uh, receivers. Not a lot of depth here, but we got some great players. Guys who are really uh, not the biggest guys, but guys who can get it done. And one being also named. Of the dirtiest players in the NFL history, Hines Ward will be my number one receiver, Super uh, Bowl winning uh, receiver. A Baldwin will be receiver two. Stanford also Filipino. Shout out to him. He is a Seahawk though, but mm, Filipino, I love it. And then the third receiver. I mean, I could have also had another person here, but I went with Puka Nakua instead. Uh, Wookie wide receiver right now for the LA Rams. That's who I went with there. Offensive line. I went. Oh, this is your, this might be your best spot. Fortnite legend. Yes, no, a hundred percent. No Asians on the offensive line. Hmm, Let's just yeah. preface that right there. Tough. Um, unfortunately, I'm a, I played offensive line in high school. Uh, I'm not the biggest guy, but. Here in the NFL, like I said, all Asian, all Asian team. I go Jesse Sapulo, 49er legend. Mm. Mike, are you potty? 49er legend. Yeah. Because for your team, the Lions. For your team, you kind of have to go in the history because there's not a. I don't think there's not a lot of players right now, uh, but in whole entire history, yes. there's a, b- a lot of good players that could be picked. There's a bunch, and some some being Hall of Famers, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Penny Sewell, Lions. Heard of my lot from the Eagles, and then Hall of Famer Kevin Malay as well. That would be my five offensive linemen. We are running the rock, let me tell you. Um, tight end, uh, this is my last position to try and look for, and I just chose Levine Toyololo from Stanford, 49er. Um, running back wise, keep uh, one guy last, but uh, Donald Pumphrey. Being one, hmm. uh, Josh Jacobs being another. Huh? Shouts out. Is he, Jacobs, ha- is he half Filipino? He is half Filipino. Uh, yes. There we go. Right. And Tyler Algier also half Filipino for Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. Hmm. And then, lastly, Matt Asiata. Ah, touchdown vulture. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, that is who I have. And then kicker slash punter, Young Hoku. Yeah, Korean, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, well, uh, that's Who's your punter? It's, it's not good. I think we'll be running the ball. Who's your punter? Uh, uh, kicker slash punter is Young Hoku. That's oh, okay. I didn't do kicker. Now it's time for the all-white team. Now, there was some debate if we could claim Patrick Mahomes, but we decided not to do that. Uh, so You won't say why. We won't we won't say why, uh, but you know, it's a uh, yeah. Anyways, moving on to QBs now for the all white team. For me, I have three. 
because you never know. You need three. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and we'll go with Brock Purdy, too, to be the third quarterback. I think that's a pretty good lineup right there. Um, I, for me, I did current NFL players because there's more, a little more that, you know, there's all, there's more that I could do. Um, moving on now to running back um, slash fullback. Uh, I have Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the game. And this is where there's don't have to worry about injuries. So that would be my two running backs right there. Um, wide receiver, kind of go off the board a little bit with my third guy. Because, yeah, we'll go to that, though. Uh, we got Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey. Because we have the Whites have the tight ends. We have a lot of tight ends. We have all the tight ends, basically. Um, so we can run a couple tight ends out of receiver, do that stuff receiver for tight end we have george kittle sam laporta and mark andrews again if mark andrews is your third tight end doing something right the whites are pretty good at that now offensive line this is really really shine uh, left tackle is kind of iffy but he's actually a really good player right tackle is lane johnson right guard zach martin center jason kelsey left guard joel batonio and left tackle colton miller from the raiders um Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Kicker will go with Brandon Aubrey, and punter will go with Mitch Wisnowski. And that's our. You're offense. not taking Justin Tucker. I think Justin Tucker is a little over the hill. I think Brandon Aubrey. I think Brandon Aubrey might be the has having the best kicker year ever. He is not. He hasn't missed an extra point or a field goal his whole entire year. Oh God. I'm going to Brandon Aubrey. He's on my fantasy team, and that's our offense slash special teams. Now for defense. You go ahead, James. Now you might. Now this is where I think you guys would shine. I think we shine defensively for sure. Going back into history as well, but the Forrest Buckner D tackle. Also, I mm. couldn't find a DN, so our defensive line is all defensive tackle. Right, that's fair. Um, the Forrest Buckner, Olodi Nada. Danny Shelton and Vita Vea. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> that's gonna be a tough line. That's gonna be a tough line to run. That is um, three three hundred pound plus E tackles and one finesse guy, somewhat finesse guy, in the Boris Buckner on the D line. Um, linebackers, Teddy Bruski, half Filipino guy, mm. absolutely love it. Um, Manti Teo. Wow. You better have this guy on um, your team, or I'll be kind of surprised. Uh, Dat Nguyen. How many, how many linebackers do you have? I have four. Four, okay, okay. And then Junior Seau. There we go. I was thinking, you better, you better pick him, because he's the number one guy. <laughs> He was, uh, yeah, he's he being the number one guy. Absolutely. Shout out, shout out to him. Um, DBs. I just put DBs. I didn't really put. There's not a lot of uh, corners. corners to choose from. Well, there's a lot of safeties. Yeah, a lot of safeties. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bynum, who's in the league right now, Filipino, had a game winning interception. I forget what game, but um, he's pretty good. Uh, Troy Polamalu being another. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Rapp. Ah, plays yep. for the Buffalo Bills now. Patrick Chung. Okay. And Talano. Fun fact: um, my friend Raymond 
when he when I asked, hey, Raymond, do you know like any Asian football players? He's like, Patrick Chung. Looked it up. Um, I think he's full black. <laughs> Just has the last name Chung. So, um, yeah, and he went to Oregon. So, yeah, that's that right there. But I, I have to put him in there because he's, he's gotten mistakenly uh, being Asian uh, a lot. Yeah. I have to put him in there. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I don't think I'm missing anyone. No. Like position wise, I don't think I am. So yeah, what is what is yours? Yeah, so here here's the thing. We're here's where we're really strong at. Um, you know, since you did four defensive ends or four defensive tackles, I'll do four defensive ends because the defensive tackles I picked nice. not ideal. Uh, Zach Siler and Harrison Phillips not ideal, but. Nick Harrison Bosa. Phillips isn't bad. I'll, I'll say before you go, Harrison Phillips is good. I like Harrison Phillips. Yeah. But here's what it is. So we have Nick Bosa, Trey Hendrickson, Max Crosby, TJ Watt. Now there was some debate if if we could trade Max Crosby for Patrick Mahomes. Because uh, if you know the Twitter video of Max Crosby, you know, you know, because he almost, you know, Said that thing, uh, but yeah, uh, that's our defensive end, our defensive line, pretty good. Um, linebackers, uh, we have two good ones. A third one, kind of, I don't know if you ever. He's kind of like Oren Burks, much better as special teams. But if he plays, he can. You know, he's not the worst thing ever. Uh, but it is uh, Matt Milano of the Bills, Logan Wilson of the Bengals, and Robert Spillane from the Oakland Raiders. Now, here's where we get kind of fucked. Um, the corner position. Uh, we're screwed. Has not been one white corner since 2002 and Jason Seahorn. 21 years. The whites are in a drought. This needs to end. But it might end. Because at first cornerback, we have from Iowa. Not from the NFL because there's not any. From Iowa. Cooper DeJean from Iowa. Possible first-round pick in this next year's draft. He is a full-on corner, runs a 4-3-6, and is a punt returner. So he's basically the best of both worlds that we could ever ask for as the white uh, team. Um, so he's our first That's corner. Fast. He's fast, yeah. He's our first corner. Second corner, another Iowa kid, was drafted third in the third round this year by the Denver Broncos in Riley Moss. Uh, he'll be our second cornerback. So we have two white guys from Iowa who are fast. So that would be good there. Now for free safety, we have Reed Blankenship. Not a lot to choose from. Um, actually, there is something to choose from. Well, actually, instead of Reed Blankenship, Harrison Smith will be our free safety. And strong safety, going to have to be McCaffrey. Need to have him play both ways. Not a lot of strong safeties in the NFL that are white that are really good for this team. But Christian McCaffrey, he could play running back. He could be our special. He could be our in the box strong safety. I think he'll be pretty good. Also, if we have to, Nick Belor could be a linebacker as well. But yes, more yes. special teams. But we need McCaffrey to play both ways. Um, but yeah, our defensive game plan is hope to God that our front four can win on every pass rush. So we don't have to worry about our corners getting beat deep. Because one double move, there might be an ACL gone, which might not be ideal for the roster. But, you know, you have to make do what you have to do. Need, our, need some turnovers. We need to run the ball. 
We have a great offensive line. Quarterbacks that can run as well. A great running back. We need to take time of possession, suffocate the defense, have them get as little as possible drives as possible because if they're able to throw the ball, we are fucked. So we're going to need to run the ball, no turnovers, good defense, good special teams. We have to win the game meat potato style. Nothing flashy, no 75-yard double reverse passes, four yards, four yards, six yards, time of possession, suffocate the clock, and hopefully win in a short, you know, 17-14 game. The more and more I think about it with you explaining that, I, I think this would be actually a pretty good game. Um, yeah, safe, you know. I think, our teams are, I think our teams are built pretty similar. Offensive line on both sides of the ball is absolutely insane. Defensive line on both sides. Complete opposite. But both very, very, very good. Um, if you're being the head coach and you're saying running the ball, I'm doing the exact same. I'm running the ball. Uh, I'm running triple option. Oh, uh, yeah, you have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm running triple option with Kyler Murray. And then put two out there. If we need a big play, throw it up to Doug Baldwin, known notoriously being able to catch the ball. Hans Ward, one of the best um, walking receivers in NFL history, a guy who can get it done, do the dirty work, blocking downfield for his running backs. And, I mean, just split back, triple option, little RPOs, able to dink and dunk down the field if we need to uh, in two-minute situations. We'll have a pretty hard-hitting defense uh, with those uh, with our DBs and linebackers. Um, so I think this is kind of a pretty, pretty good game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, should be good. I think we have the advantage. 6-3 six, three, six, three game. Six three. I think we have the advantage skill position wise, um, uh, tight ends mostly, because um, Travis Co- Travis Cousy as our third receiver might actually be pretty good. But you know, that's what we chose for that team. You know, shout out to Rashad Mendenhall for this tweet. You know, he could have gone he could have gone at it a better way. All can admit that. Um, but the premise of his tweet, like the idea of the all black versus all white Pro Bowl. Kind of like the idea. Again, wish he came at it a different way. Tweet was worded a little bit differently. It would have been a nice tweet. Nice nice thought process idea there. Absolutely. Anything else after the episode, Jake? No, it's not that after today's episode. Perfect. Well, thank you for listening to me, Podcast Your Coach James, with Jake, episode 208. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the BA Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BA underscore podcast one. And like us on Facebook. Follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Yeah, make sure to subscribe, like, share, rate, review. And subscribe, resubscribe to about 50 times to gain the system. Let you learn from the industry of the past six years. Go to talk about class worldwide. We'll take 200 podcast sports and recreation. Is new if you're starting to be a podcast. Go to talk about class worldwide. We'll give that five. That was episode, James. Bye. Bye.